Hey Church of the Beloved, my name is Kevin Zo, and I'm the production manager here at COTV. Just wanted to say a quick thanks for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. This week's message is brought to us by our interim senior pastor, Abe Lee. He is speaking on the topic of community-mindedness. We are nearly through a short five-week sermon series uh, that was looking at our stated values as a church. And I say stated uh, because, you know, honestly, until we get to heaven, we're not going to be very good or perfect at these things, any of these values. But we're going to try, and we want to try together as a church. And as a reminder for those of you uh, who are just joining us, Church of the Beloved exists to see the gospel transform people into spirit-filled disciples who know that they are the beloved of God because of Christ alone. And we have five key values, five priorities that we are really trying to strive for as a church body, which is to live missionally, to be dependent on prayer, to worship passionately, to be gospel-centered, and then uh, on our website we have intentional in our relationships, which uh, means that we are trying to consider our community, be community-minded. That's our focus for this week, community And as we've been doing for the past few weeks, after a quick message, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be asking Opal, who is our small group, our community group coordinator, and Peter, who is one of our deacons in charge of the uh, meal train ministry, I'm going to ask them to come to the stage, and they're going to talk to us about how we as a church are and can can continue to be actively engaged in community and community-mindedness. Now, let me explain that for the Church of the Beloved, our community... This is based on a covenant that we make with each other. This covenant between the beloved, the one that you're going to be able to participate in later today, is based on a new covenant that we have with God. And this covenant with God, if you look at Hebrews, God said, I will be their God and they will be my people. That is the covenant. Simple. So the covenant of our beloved community, the one that we enter into with each other, is based on our covenant with God. So the very first reason we prioritize creating a covenantal community here at Church of the Blood, why being intentional in our relationships is such a priority, is because of this holy covenant that Jesus' redemptive work, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave, what that did for us. It's because we're God's people. It's because we're God's beloved. That's the heart of our community-mindedness. And we also prioritize community at Beloved because we're created in the image of God, and God is the perfect example of community. You see, Scripture teaches us, and we believe as a church, that there is only one God, and one God who is forever three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God is simultaneously one and three. In other words, God is the perfect community. And God created us to be in community just as he is forever in community. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 is one of the passages I really uh, enjoy. Uh, and I memorize, let's consider uh, one another in order to provoke each other to love and good works, not neglecting to gather as is the habit of some, but rather encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching, all the more as we see Christ's impending return. Now, so first, our covenant community at Beloved is based on our divine covenant with God. And our second thing, our beloved community is a priority because of the example of of the perfect community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is all pretty straightforward, well and good, easy enough. But now comes the hard part, which is 
How do we live this out? Now, before we call up Opal and Peter to talk about the practical application of community-mindedness and intentional relationships, um, I wanted to share some observations from the passage that we read today uh, and some other things that I think are really important for us as we consider what community means here at Church of the Beloved. This is the first one. Community, you don't find it, you build it. Hebrews chapter 10 says, let us not neglect gathering together. There's work involved. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 20 that uh, was read today tells us that the family of God, our beloved community, is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. So, so when someone says that, you know, they come to our church and say, well, we're trying to find community. I get it. I understand that's what you're saying, but I will tell you it's not what you do because ultimately you don't find community You build community. You work at the community. Because the reality is this, church is messy. People sometimes, no offense, suck. Right? I know I do. And the only way to get past that is to see that the person in front of you, see that person as Christ sees that person. Because Christ, who knew no sin, became sin so that we could take on his righteousness. So, So we have to see the beloved child of God who's standing in front of us or sitting behind us just as Christ sees them. Forgiven. Just as that person needs to see you as Christ sees you. Forgiven. Because there is no question that God intends for a diverse Christian community. The Bible points to a beauty uh, and a necessity of diversity. We are members. We are different members of one unified body in Christ. We all have different skills, different histories, different stories, different appearances, trauma, joy that are different. There is so much beauty in the unity of this diversity. And if we continue to work out our salvation together, if we continue to, to, to build each other up together, the beauty and the unity of Christian diversity within our community becomes more and more possible. Theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, those who love their dream of a Christian community more than they love the Christian community become destroyers of that Christian community. <clears throat> When you come into the church with an idolized view of what community means, when you come in with your own definition of what you think church should look like instead of seeking out God's definition, it's going to lead to disappointment. Because community, you don't find it, you build it. Thankfully, though, community is not built by us alone. Community is built by God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, it says this, So then, Remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. And at that time, you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners into, to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus. You who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. You see, without Christ, there is no unity in our diversity. Without Christ, there is no new covenant promise for us. Without Christ, there is no hope. But with Christ, there's peace. With Christ, there's a covenant with our God. With Christ, there is unity in our diversity. And with Christ, the church of the beloved has community. So 
Community for Church of the Beloved is not found, it's built. Community for the Church of the Beloved is not from me, it's from God. And what this God-centered community looks like is intended to look like what God has designed, not what I've designed. What I want to do is I just want to read two passages, um, starting with today's that was read, just to remind us. And then I'm going to ask Opal and Peter to come up in a bit. But before they do, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20 says, We're no longer foreigners, we're no longer strangers, but fellow citizens with saints, with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. We are, we are fellow citizens with the global body of Christ, and we are sisters and brothers with our local embassy, our heavenly outpost here in Chicago as Cervantes, 31 West Ohio. And we're going to add four more to our midst today. And then in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, it tells us this. It tells us what the community of faith should look like. It says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. I was reading a blog post in preparation for today, and the author mentioned that she believes that many people assume true community requires transparency, right? And being able to emotionally expose yourself to the people around you is a key ingredient to for a community of faith. And her argument was that that's incorrect. I agree with her. But see, there is a tradition at Beloved from a previous iteration, and as I understand it, and hear me out, this was something that Beloved was really well known for 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 many, many years. Bearing every secret sin publicly, whether you wanted to or not. Because if I understand that mindset, if we, the mindset was this, if we're truly loved by God, and if we really believe that God forgives sins, then our sins don't matter, and there's really no concept of public shame, only joyous proclamations of God's amazing redemptive work in our lives. And that is true. I agree with that. I'm not arguing against that. What I'm arguing against is this. Transparency is not the foundation of community. It might be a result of it, a beautiful result, but the foundation that our, that any Christian community must cling to is built on Christ alone. The ability for us to build a community of Christ followers, of spirit-filled disciple makers, is not by us, not by transparency. It is by the strength of the comforter, the Holy Spirit left behind by the Son of God to be our helper. Being transparent, being emotionally raw and exposed, not bad things. I'm not arguing against them, but these are not the things we base our community on. They cannot be. And the reason I say this is because I know that there have been times where I or maybe others have not been, we'll screw up. We haven't been transparent enough for some. Uh, I have not responded kindly enough to someone who has shared their private sin, or I'm not going to be pastoral enough to someone suffering something. And it's not because I don't want to be. It's not because I don't consider you more significant. And not, it's not because of a lack of love for you, my beloved family. It's because I'm still striving. I'm still working. I'm still working out my salvation, but I want to do it with you. 
See, at the, church of the, at the Church of the Beloved, community is intentional and covenantal. And that means that we know that it's not something you find. We know it is absolutely something you build. And we absolutely know that it's not something I build, but it's something we build together. That's what community at Church of the Beloved is. Now, uh, I want to go deeper into it. And as I said, our, what we've been doing is, I'm going to ask Peter and Opal to start making their way up. What we've been doing is having folks uh, from our church community, our church body, join us to talk a little bit about what the different values, how they're lived out here at our church. Um, and so I'm going to ask, if you guys don't mind, uh, Peter and Opal making it to stage. They're going to share a bit about what they are doing within our church and how you all can get involved, because we are not wanting a church of passive uh, receivers, but active people engaged in our church uh, as members. And yeah, come on up. So you want to give my hand? Go for it. Okay, I'll sit over here. That's fine. Thank you. You guys want to move forward a little bit? All right. Uh, I pushed these all the way down. Is that okay? Because I figured Asian, short. So we'll do it that way. Um, Peter, why don't we start with you since you have the microphone. Um, Can you tell us, first of all, a little bit of who you are? uh, And tell us more about the area of community building that you're focused on, uh, which is... Diaconate Mercy Ministry, Niels. Sure. Um, my name is Peter Chang. Um, who I am, I don't know how to answer that, but <laughs> basically, um, yeah, serving here as a deacon um, and just have the privilege to be able to help um, be the main contact and be the um, organizer for meal trains um, for, you know, for individuals in our church. Um, kind of going into that a little bit, um, Excuse me, just a couple of notes, so I don't get any uh, mind blanks. But, um, yeah, basically for, you know, individuals or families in our church who may be going through, um, like, a major change or a difficult time in their lives, um, meal trains are really just an opportunity for us as a church family to come around, those individuals or families, to be able to provide um, food or meals um, during that time to be able to, to really help them through that situation and through that, um, through that time. And so, um, yeah, for, for if you're not familiar with meal trains, it's kind of just a, a simple way to be able to coordinate a group of people um, individually, just sign up for a day to be able to, um, to provide a meal, and then kind of as more people are able to participate, uh, kind of the, the, there's more, more support for those individuals or families. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Opal, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the uh, area of community building that you're focused on? Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, the area of community building that I'm focused on is coordinating our small group or community group ministry. This includes connecting newcomers to small groups, supporting small group reps, formerly known as small group leaders, um, with uh, resources and training, and developing the ministry overall with direction that aligns with the mission and core values of the church. So the intent of these small groups is to foster spiritual habits that, uh, as we go about our uh, day-to-day lives. 
That's awesome. I, it's a little tangent. Um, I'm, we're, we're such a modern church. Uh, we all have our phones and iPads. Just so you can see, I actually do have questions prepared, and you can probably read them from where you are. They're very large. But if you look at their phones, wow, that's like no font. <laughs> so that's impressive. My eyes are obviously not that good. I just, sorry, this is so not to have anything to do with what we're doing right now. Um, but I want to ask you, Opal, you know, I, I mentioned uh, over and over again that community isn't found, that you build community. Do you have examples that you've had uh, in your time leading or participating where you've seen, um, seen that happening, where people have been building community around them? Yeah, uh, definitely. I've seen that happening in small group ministry where uh, community is being built. Uh, so small groups or community groups are um, so intertwined with us just being people and being alive, working, resting. It's inevitable that our lives will be disrupted with hardships and joys. There are people in these small groups who are supporting one another through illness, loss of family members and friends, marriages, heartbreak, births, miscarriages, loss of a job, job mm. offers. Mm. Um, so as an example, uh, my dad passed away suddenly last March of 2020, and right away I received a flood of prayers, flowers, even food and other support. And it was and currently is through the support of this beloved community that I'm able to grieve freely and recover from this loss day by day. Mm. So, yeah, I believe that this community, it's built by people's compassion and expression of encouragement towards one another. It's really awesome to witness and be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Peter, what about you? Have you seen examples of community being built uh, in your ministry area of focus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's been really encouraging to be able to... Um, you know, it, it sounds simple, but be able to uh, just participate and also organize these meal trains for um, different families, for different people. Um, and it's always, I think just the nature of it, it's always a collective effort uh, to be able to, um, yeah, to really be able to help, um, you know, individuals or families. And so, um, you know, no matter what the circumstance is, um, whether it's, um, you know, a joyous occasion for, you know, a new baby in a family, um, or something, you know, less joyous, where it's, you know, an illness or um, injury, uh, things like that. Um, there's an intentionality behind um, just the compassion that we show um, in, in being able to participate um, in these uh, in, in the meal trains. And so um, there's there's an intentionality of acknowledging the challenges that, um, yeah, that, that may be being experienced. Um, but then there's also... Um, yeah, I think there's an acknowledgement of that, but then also, also acknowledgement that yeah, the meal train's not necessarily gonna, it's not necessarily gonna solve you know, whatever the the problem that, um, or the struggles or, or or challenges that you know the person may be going through, but um, it's just one way and one method to be able to, um, to have our community be able to support in in that time. And so, mm. um, I think just the the reality that. Yeah, we're, we're not necessarily here to be, you know, uh, consultants and um, therapists or, or, or anything to, to, to solve problems, but we're here to love and to be able to support um, each other through um, potentially difficult times. Um, and I would say from my own experiences, um, you know, I, I've been able to, to be a part of this church for, for several years, and, um, you know, I would say that we have very generous people in our church. 
Um, I'm just speaking from personal experience as well. And, um, you know, from what Abe was, was saying earlier, um, you know, community is, isn't necessarily just found, but it's built, right? And I think even through the meal trains, um, it's been a blessing to see that, you know, generosity, um, while it's definitely here in our church, it's, um, I've been encouraged when I've been able to see generosity not just reserved for, um, like, close friends and family, mm. right? And I think um, even just, you know, looking at everyone here today, um, we're a church family here, but I, I don't know everyone in this room, and I think many of you may not know me, um, but at the same time, you know, we, you know, we, some of us have been here a long time, some of us are newer um, to Church of the Beloved. We come from different neighborhoods in the Chicagoland area. Um, but I think it's been encouraging when, um, when I see church people that are willing to be able to sign up for these meal trains or multiple meal trains, um, and be able to participate and, and donate to, to individuals and families when they may not know them very well or even mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, that takes, that's a blessing to see like that, that intentionality to want to be able to show compassion, um, regardless of. The, you know, personal relationship to, to, these, to these individuals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so um, I think that's just like a, the loving culture and, and the community that, yeah, I'm blessed to, to be able to see. It's even harder to know whether or not you know someone when they're all masked. Exactly. Yeah. So it's even harder, which is why if we can hang out afterwards, let's hang out outside so we can have a reason to take the mask off and recognize each other. Let me ask you, uh, Peter, what are some real practical ways people can get involved when it comes to building community here at Church of the Beloved? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I wrote down uh, three very simple things. I think um, just for me being uh, kind of the, the main contact for meal trains, it's, I think, the most simple and um, straightforward way is just sign up for a, for a meal train. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, right now, um, kind of meal trains are announced through weekly announcements. Um, the church email if if you're not able to if you're not getting those or if you'd like to get more information um i think info at cotb life dot life um just yeah email them They'll eventually come around to, to to me um and it can get you uh get you involved in that way how many different folks are we supporting right now i think two 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 folks that we're supporting through the meal train right now we have we have one there's one one okay i'm working on setting up this all one. right cool um Second, I would say, um, I think the, in addition to that, um, I think if, um, if you or anyone else that you know is going through like a difficult time um, or a challenging time where um, you think they could benefit from uh, something like a meal train or just support from fellow church members, um, I would say also reach out in that way too. Um, again, we each have our own spheres of influence, and so... Um, for uh, you know, for us to be able to um, to organize something like that, um, you know, the, I think the better. So I think we can um, kind of just, if you know, uh, from small groups or community groups, or just you know, meeting meeting someone after service and um, something that you think we could ben they could benefit from. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we can set something up like that. Awesome. Um, I think third, um, you know, maybe less related to the meal train ministry, but. Uh, maybe more as a personal response. And I, I say this not as, um, 
not like saying that I'm good at any of this really, um, but like I'm not the example to follow in this case. Like I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not that guy. So <laughs> um, I would say that building community like isn't necessarily limited to kind of these big um, big events that mm -hmm. that happen in our lives. Um, it's really more in our day to day that um, that we're going to be able to build community. Yeah. Um, and so I think intentionally creating opportunities to be able to connect and um, to connect with those around you um, and around, you know, around me. I think looking, one thing that as a church and myself, um, I think we could, we could all do better is just looking for opportunities to celebrate, um, whether big or small. Um, I think those are just opportunities to be able to see in other people um, to celebrate, um, to, to gather. Um, and then at the same time also, um, you know, taking advantage of opportunities to be able to help encourage um, you know, those around you, even if it might make you feel vulnerable. Um, yeah, I, I think as just as we practice these type of things, um, we, I think this is how we build a community that we would all like to be a part of um, mm. here in the church. So. I feel like the third one is going to probably steal a little bit of Opal's thunder, but let me see if I can summarize really quickly. One, get involved with the meal train. If you've, even if you don't know the individual who's in the need, in need, Please, uh, if you're interested in being one of those supports, reach out, info at cotv.life. Second is, if you have a need or if you know of someone with a need, please inform Peter. Again, info at cotv.life is the easiest way to uh, get that information out to him. And last is to actually live life together, uh, ultimately. If you can pass the, the mic over to Opal. Opal, what about you? What are some practical ways that folks can get uh, start building community, uh, especially through community groups and small groups? Yeah, so I, I think that a lot that Peter has shared will overlap with uh, small group ministry in and of itself. Uh, so yeah, in terms of small groups, become a small group rep. <laughs> the role may seem daunting at first, but you may, and you may start off with a really small group, but the primary qualification is that you love Jesus. So I want to read something from 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5, um, where Paul says, and I, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So that's key. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So along those same lines, you're not alone as a small group rep. Another way you can practically, practically get involved in building our community is if you're currently a member of a small group, check in with your rep from time to time and see how they're doing. Find ways to help the rep facilitate or host a weekly small group discussion um, this can create unique opportunities for you to intentionally get to know p other people. Mm -hmm. I do want to give a plug for those who are turning in, tuning in virtually and those who may be uh, waiting to join a small group. There will be a virtual small group starting up this Friday, November 12th. Shout out to Daryl, who's the rep for this group. Um, so those who are interested, feel free to reach out to me via email, opal at cotb.life. Uh, lastly, when it comes to building our community, start small. For instance, we all live in neighborhoods with an interesting history, 
It's easy to primarily focus on global events that we may miss what's actually happening just down our block. Mm. So look up stats about your neighborhood. Um, read up about where you live, Wikipedia it, support local establishments. Pray over the things you hear and learn about that are happening in your neighborhood. Naturally, you may start some interesting conversations with your neighbors. Um, I'm not saying to start talking to every person you encounter when you're walking down the street, but start small. Um, you may realize some opportunities come up, whether that's outreach, volunteering, or um, praying over breaking news. And if it's heavy on your heart, share that with your small group and see how they can get involved. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. I, I love that. Start small. Um, just as an example of how one could start small, Peter is part of a small group, and they met uh, yesterday at our house, and it turned out that they started small by all wearing matching socks. Um, they all decided to go to Costco and buy Puma socks. Puma? Yeah, Puma socks. So if you're part of the Puma sock gang, you can be part of Anyway, sorry. <laughs> start small. Uh, thank you very much, both of you, for sharing. Uh, why don't we give them a hand as they have them come off the stage. Thank you for tuning in to this week's COTV Sermon Podcast. For more info or to connect with us, you can visit our website at cotv.life. God bless and have a great week.